Welcome to Lou Marks The Spot, brought to you by yours truly, Lou Marks, bringing sanity and common sense back to America. Today we're going to talk about the race to self-racism. It's something I thought about for many years and had no idea if anyone else did, but they usually do. So I looked into it, and it's known very well by under the name of self-internalization, which is, it's a form of self-internalization. There's dozens of books written about it, studies, uh, experiments, articles. We will talk about what it is, how it's perpetuated, and how possibly we can stop it. Let me first just say that most have gotten the answer wrong. Malcolm X had the wrong answer. Even, believe it or not, Martin Luther King Jr. had the wrong answer. First, what exactly is defined as racism? Racism is an extreme behavior described by extreme hatred and prejudice towards other people, mostly with a different skin color, but also based on nationality or even religion. We're not going to talk about here about how to, to stop racist people from perpetuating racism. It's going to be about people who are the subject of racism and how they perpetuate it and how hopefully they can stop it. Personally, I refuse to use terms of color for describing people and I won't do so here. So let's all stop using color to define people and ourselves right now and start to stop racism it, because it's simply false, untrue, and ignorant and what divides us more than anything, believe it or not. For the sake of distinguishing things here, we will use the terms light or lighter skinned and darker, darker skinned. We all will understand what is meant. And now you will hear and see how silly and truly ridiculous it can sound. There are African people who happen to have a dark skin from a continent. Africa has over 50 countries. And there are people who happen to have a lighter skin. There are no races or religions or nationalities with a color for a name. So why use the color to define people? Why do people describe themselves with color? We'll get to that. A lot of violent acts have been justified by racist concepts and ideas that people have been taught throughout the ages. However, as the old saying goes, we all bleed the same color of red. Keep in mind that color is only skin deep and should not be the sole basis of how to judge other people. Unfortunately, not everyone feels this way. So what does self-racism mean? One might describe it as a fancy term for an issue that's pretty easy to grasp. In a society where racial prejudice thrives in politics, communities, institutions, and popular culture, it's difficult for racial minorities to avoid absorbing the racist messages that constantly bombard them. Thus, people of a darker skin color sometimes adopt the peoples of a lighter skin color supremacist mindset that results in self-hatred and hatred of the respective racial group. Minorities suffering from self-racism, for example, may hate the physical characteristics that make them racially distinct, such as skin color, hair texture, or eye shape. Others may stereotype those from their racial group and refuse to associate with them, and some may outright identify as people of lighter skin. Overall, minorities suffering from self-racism buy into the notion that light-skinned people are superior to people of darker skin color. 
This is a problem that's perpetuated by the self, by the people. Not by the racists, but by the people that are uh, object of racism. Think of it as a Stockholm Syndrome in the racial sphere. While some minorities grew up in diverse communities where racial differences were appreciated, others felt rejected due to their skin color, being bullied because of ethnic background and encountering harmful messages about race in greater society may be all it takes to get a person with a darker skin color to begin loathing themselves. For some minorities, the impetus to turn racism inward occurs when they see light-skinned people receiving privileges denied to people of dark skin color, or perceived to be denied. I don't want to live in the back. Why do we always have to live in the back? A fair-skinned character of dark-colored characters named Sarah Jane asked in the 1959 film, Imitation of Life. Sarah Jane ultimately decides to abandon her dark-skinned African mother and pass through a lighter-skinned person because she wants to have a chance in life. This is how it begins, this is how it happens, this is one of the worst examples. She explains, I don't want to have to come through back doors to feel lower than other people. Why did she have to feel lower than other people? She should be proud of what she is. Many ethnic groups have gone through racism and have overcome it. We'll get to that later also. In the classic novel, Autobiography of an Ex-Colored Man, the mixed race protagonist first begins to experience self-racism after he witnesses a light-skinned mob burn an African man alive. Rather than empathize with the victim, he chooses to identify with the mob. This is how he explains it. I understand that it was not discouragement or fear or search for a larger field of action, an opportunity that was driving me out of the race. I knew that it was shame, unbearable shame, shame at being identified with the people that could with impunity be treated worse than animals. This is a problem of low self-esteem, constant racial discrimination, which is not going to change any time in the near future. The people that are the object of the racism are going to have to start to change it, but not by violence, not by marches. We'll discuss more later. An empirical example of self-action Racism is Kenneth and Mamie Clark style experiment, which was done in America in 1939 and 1940 in a time when dark-skinned children and white-skinned children were segregated. It involved an African-American child being presented with two dolls that are identical apart from skin and hair color, one doll being light-skinned with yellow hair and the other being dark-skinned with dark hair. The child was asked which doll they would prefer to play with and why. All children in the study expressed a clear preference for the white doll. In 2006, Kiri Davis recreated the experiment with 21 African-American preschool children for a documentary, A Girl Like Me. Davis found that 15 of the children told, chose the light-skinned dolls over the dark-skinned dolls giving similar reasons as the original study so many years before, decades before, subjects that associated light skin with pretty or good and dark skin with ugly or bad. This is a problem in society today, but we're going to try to stop this. 
to live up to Western beauty standards, some ethnic minorities suffering from self-racism may attempt to alter their appearance and look more light-skinned. Michael Jackson is a prime, famous example. For those of Asian descent, this can mean opting to have double eyelid surgery. For those of Jewish descent, this could mean to having rhinoplasty. For African Americans, this could mean chemically straightening one's hair and, and weaving in extensions. Also, other people from a variety of backgrounds use bleach creams to lighten their skin. But not all people of darker skin who alter their physical appearance to do so look actually lighter. For example, many darker skinned women say they straighten their hair to make it more manageable and not because they're ashamed of their heritage, which is true. Some people turn to bleach creams or even on their skin tone and not because they're trying to uniformly lighten their skin. Over the years, a variety of derogatory terms have come up to describe those likely suffering from self-racism. They include, of course, Uncle Tom, sellout, or whitewashed. While the first two terms are typically used by African Americans, whitewash have circulated among immigrants of different, many different skin colors to describe people who have assimilated the light skin Western culture with little knowledge of their native cultural heritage. Also, many nicknames for those suffering from self-racism involve foods that are dark on the outside and light on the inside, such as Oreo for dark-skinned people, Twinkie or banana for Asian people, coconut for Latino people, or apple for Native Americans. Put down such as Oreo are controversial because many dark-skinned people recount being called the racial term for doing well in school, speaking standard English, or having light-skinned friends, not because they didn't identify as dark-skinned. All too often, this insult demeans those who don't fit into a box. Accordingly, many dark-skinned people who are proud of their heritage find this term hurtful. While such name-calling hurts, it persists. So who might be called such a name? multiracial golfer, Tiger Woods, prime example, has been accused of being a sellout because he identifies as, and get this name, Kavlin Asian, rather than as dark-skinned or African. Kavlin Asian is his name Woods devised himself to represent the fact that he has light-skinned, dark-skinned, American Indian, and Asian heritage. Crazy. Woods has not only been accused of suffering from self-racism because of how he racially identifies, but also because he's been romantically involved with a string of lighter-skinned women, including his Nordic ex-wife. Some people view this as a sign that he's uncomfortable with being an ethnic minority. This is one of the major problems. The same has been said about actress and producer Mindy Cowling who's faced criticism for repeatedly casting light-skinned men as a love interest on the sitcom The Mindy Project. And again, we can mention Michael Jackson. People who refuse to date members of their own racial group may in fact suffer from self-racism. But unless they declare this to be true, it's best not to make such assumptions. It's, maybe it's just what their pre preferences are. In any case, children may be more likely to admit to suffering from self-racism than adults. Children are always more honest. 
A child may openly yearn to be light-skinned, while an adult will likely keep such wishes for fear of being judged to themselves. Those who serially, serially date people of light skin or refuse to identify as an ethnic minority may be accused of suffering from self-racism, but so are people of darker skin who espouse political beliefs considered detrimental to minorities. Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas and Ward Connolly, a Republican, who's led the effort to strike down affirmative action in California and elsewhere, have been accused of being Uncle Toms or race traitors due to their conservative beliefs. Light-skinned people who associate mainly with people of dark skin or politically align themselves with minority groups have historically been accused of betraying their race as well and dubbed names such as Uyghurs or dark-skinned lovers. White, light-skinned active in the civil rights movement were harassed and terrorized by other light-skinned people for seemingly siding with people who have darker skin. It's impossible to tell if someone suffers from self-racism simply based on their friends, romantic partners, or political beliefs. If you suspect someone in your life suffers from self-racism, try to talk to them about it. If you have a good relationship with them, it's possible. Ask them in a non-confrontational manner, as a friend, why they exclusively associate with light-skinned people, want to alter their physical appearance, or downplay their racial background. Point out positives about their racial group and why they should be proud to be a person of darker skin. African Americans still want to be considered and called African Americans. Why not American or why not African? Italians went through that stage where they're Italian Americans. Now they're just Americans or Italians. Africa is a continent, not a country. Africa is a huge continent comprised up of 54 con countries. Algeria, Angola, Botswana, Cameroon, Chad, Ethiopia, Ghana, Kenya, Nigeria, Somalia, South Africa, Uganda, Zambia, Zimbabwe, to name a few. These are all great countries with, with proud and phenomenal histories and backgrounds and cultures dating back centuries, thousands of years. People should be proud to be this. The oppressor without becomes an oppressor within. Let me say that one more time so you can let it sink in. The oppressor without becomes an oppressor within. The well-known inferiority complex of the oppressed, which is deserved, I mean, it's, it's very difficult after so many centuries of being oppressed, originates in this process of eternalization. Because of this eternalization and its attendant but repressed rage, the oppressed may act out on each other, the very violence imposed on them. They become destructive as they engage in self-destructive behavior injurious to themselves, their loved ones, and their neighbors. So how can people with this problem change? How can we help them change? My opinion, the first, is what every other nationality has done. First of all, I'd just like to say that Jewish people, which is mistaken, again, and it's not a race. Jewish is being part of a religion. Jewish people come from all countries around the world, from Germany, Hungary, Czechoslovakia, America, everywhere. This is one of the problems. I say assimilate. Assimilate and diffuse the situation. Don't give it power. Don't give these people power. 
two of my favorite actors, Morgan Freeman and James Earl Jones, were on TV. And in separate occasions, separate times, separate years, they both said the same thing to, to African people, people of darker skin. Stop acting the way you act. Stop talking the way you talk. Stop dressing the way you dress. What's happened is where other people who were extremely discriminated against as Italians, Irish, German, the list goes on, assimilated eventually. Italians could not even be part of the New York police force. They could not be in the FBI, J. Edgar Hoover for better. Now they are. Now even people from Mexico. They are all part of government. People are assimilating. That doesn't mean give up your heritage. It doesn't mean give up your pride in being what you are. But it seems that people from Africa have wanted to be called names of color, wanted to be called by a million different names. Why not just be called by what you are, an American, or a Somalian, or a Ugandan, or from Zimbabwe, or a South African? Be proud of it. You'll at least be happy for it. Enjoy the rich culture that you have, the background, even the suffering that your, fan, your ancestors have gone through makes you a better person. If you're proud of where you're from and stand up for it like other nationalities have done, be known by your nationality, not by your skin color. Don't try to create a third group of people. You're not something strange. You're African or you're American, or you can be African-American, but that term should go away also. And it's funny, when I travel around the world and people ask me where I'm from, I say I'm American. When I'm an American, someone asks me where I'm from, or where, where my family from, or what nationality am I, I don't say American, I say I'm Italian. This is the same, should be the same thing. So we can, we can talk about one thing, recently in the news, Ahmad Arbery. He was a 25-year-old dark-skinned man, good-looking boy, who was chased down by two armed, light-skinned people in a South Georgia neighborhood and murdered. I noticed one thing on the news. Neither his mother, his father, or attorney for his mother, or attorney for his father used the word that just said what color he was. They just described him normally. This is what happens. When we see it on the news, the news perpetuates it. They have to say, a light-skinned man shot a dark-skinned man. A dark-skinned man shot a light-skinned man. Why not? Someone was shot by someone. If it was both people were light-skinned, they wouldn't say that. A light-skinned man shot a light-skinned man, or a dark-skinned man shot a dark-skinned man. It shouldn't happen. Again, we can go back to the Italian situation. Violence didn't work, the mafia didn't work, Mal Malcolm X didn't work, Martin Luther King didn't work. These things, what they tried, they were good people, Malcolm X and Martin Luther King, but they perpetuated it. They divided it. They said, okay, we are the light-skinned people of this, dark-skinned people of this, this is what we have to do. Why not just all become one people? I go back to this years ago with the original Star Trek show with William Shatner, Captain Kirk, Mr. Spock. They had people that were Russian, that were Asian, 
that were dark-skinned, that were light-skinned, that were even aliens. But everybody was treated as one people. They were way ahead of their time. Gene Roddenberry was a genius. Every show had a meaning. And they were way ahead of their time on so many things. And again, the people who feel discriminated against, I want to say you probably are. And you probably have every right to feel that way. But you're not going to stop it by forming groups, by protesting. That perpetuates it. Assimilate. Not give up, and don't, that doesn't mean give up your heritage, that doesn't mean give up who you are. Every nationality that's assimilated into America, because there are no Native Americans except the Indians. They're the only Native Americans. They have assimilated into the culture. They've adopted the way. When in Rome, do as the Romans do. That doesn't mean giving up yourself, your sense of self, your, your pride, your culture, your heritage, which is wonderful. Learn about it. Be proud of it. When someone asks you what you are, if you're a dark-skinned person, don't say that you're a color. Say, I'm Somalian. Say, I'm Ugandan. Say, I'm, you're not African because Africans a continent. You want to be part of a continent? You want to be part of a country, a specific country that you can be proud of. This is the way to do it. This is my best opinion. If you are diffusing the situation, you're taking the power away from the racists. When they want to call you different names or label you by your skin color, you say, I'm not that. I'm not a color. I'm this nationality. I'm American. Well, I hope this all makes sense to everyone. I can go on and on and on. But this is mainly it. We are not a color. None of us are a color. Is our Italians olives? I mean, none of us are colors. We are people. We are individual people. We should be proud or happy to be part of whatever nationality we are, where we come from, our families, our histories. I'm proud of my grandfather who was abused, who was just uh, really given a difficult time when he immigrated to America from Italy. But he made it through, became extremely rich and wealthy, lost it all in the impression during the Great Depression, came back, made money again, took care of his family. He always wanted to be American, but he always was proud to be Italian. And the same for the Irish, the same for Germans, same for everybody. The Native Americans, their time has come. They were abused horribly. Now, with all the casinos, with everything they've done, wonderful things, made money, taking care of their people, taking care of other people, taking care of everybody. We can't hold on to the hatred. We can't hold on to the past. The German people, no one blames the German people today for what the Nazis did decades ago. You can't do that. So we have to let go of the hatred first. And then once we begin to let go of the hatred, we'll let go of our own low self-esteem, of our own feelings of oppression, and we'll be able to stand up proud and be part of who we are and what we are, proud of our families, our ancestors, our history and our heritage. And let's not be a color. I can't stress that enough. A color is one of the most ridiculous things I've ever heard, to be called a color. That's how we want to be known? So that's ridiculous. It makes no sense. Let's not rebel. Let's not do anything. Let's just be who we are, 
be proud of who we are. And this is my feelings on the way to get back to normalcy, make a better world, and get rid of self-racism. Well, that's all I have for this podcast. Be well, be safe during the COVID crisis and pandemic, and God bless.